This is episode 228 of the Coaching for Pastors podcast. Hey, Pastor, thanks for joining me today. We're going to do part two today of how not to deliver boring messages. How not to have your people be thinking in their head as you're preaching, boring. We do not want that. We want them engaged. We want them sitting on the edge of their seat. We want them paying attention. And the longer we go, the harder it is for us to keep their attention. So unless you're really, really good, or unless the Holy Spirit has given you divine unction, extra divine unction, the shorter your message sometimes, the more impact it's going to have. And there's a point of diminishing returns. So let me just say, when we're talking about how not to deliver boring messages, the length of your message is important. And the length is determined by your ability as a communicator, by the content, always, I think, always by the work of the Holy Spirit. Everything, everything in our message has to be empowered by the Holy Spirit of God because it's the Spirit of God that's going to actually change people's hearts. But then also the content of what we're preaching and the culture of our church, the history, and all of that. But a lot has changed, my friend, right? A lot has changed. People's attention spans are different. What grabs their attention is different. Yesterday, I talked to you about telling stories. And today, I want to give you some assumptions that I have about preaching because I've been at this for over 35 years now, and I'm still a learner. I'm still growing at it because the fear of the majority of pastors is that they're going to bore their people when they're preaching God's word to them. I mean, it is kind of inevitable at some point because we're not Jesus. We're, we're sojourners on this journey of becoming an excellent and an effective preacher of the word of God. So it's inevitable that at times we're, we're going to not hit it out of the park. The guy in the third row is sound asleep. People are checking the time. And even we get bored once in a while during a message, during our own message, right? But there's hope. There's hope. So here's assumption number one. God changes hearts with his word. The Holy Spirit of God uses his word to do the work, and he can use what we might think of as the most boring sermon or lesson. He can use it. People's lives have been changed by very boring messages. But assumption number two, we don't use assumption number one as an excuse to bore people. Well, we, we don't. Yes, God can use a rock, right? But our goal is not to be rocks. So here's assumption number three. The listener must have a pulse. Your hearers have to be alive. And, and what I mean by that is that the listener must have at least an entry-level intention and willingness to listen and to hear and to be changed. If not, I mean, we could you know, explode things on the platform, and they're still just going to yawn. So there is a responsibility on the part of the hearer in our preaching. And assumption number four, boredom is as much in the mind of the listener as in the actions of the speaker. Sometimes people are going to come in, and it's just like, I dare you to not bore me. I'm just, I'm just going to be bored. Yeah, that happens at times. But now, I've got two more assumptions, number five and number six. Number five, content should trump 
presentation style. Content's most important because without it, the presentation style is meaningless. So the content of our message, what is it we're trying to get across? What is the truth that we want our people to understand? Now, we've all, we've all had different homiletics professors, and we all want to say, well, as my professor, you know, Wilson used to say, and I hear pastors say that, and I, I always want to say, yeah, but your professor was a quack, so there you go. And, and some of us had quack professors, but my professor, he said, say one thing and say it well. And I've heard that same advice reiterated in different ways over and over. But to say one thing, not to get up and say a whole bunch of things. So the content should be well put together, and it should trump the presentation style. In other words, your, your presentation shouldn't be better than the content. Now, having said that, the presentation style should deliver the content. It should drive it home. It should drop it off at the dock. It should unload it and have it right there for the person. And your presentation style should not overshadow or obscure your content. Sometimes, you know, you tell, you tell a, a zinger of an illustration, and even I sometimes get lost in the illustration. I'm so enraptured telling the story or, or, or amazed or whatever that I forget what I'm even trying to communicate. Like right now, I'm not even sure which assumption I'm on because, hey, that happens, right? It just happens. So there's that fine balance that the content needs to trump the presentation, but the presentation should not drop or spill the content getting it to the hearer. It should deliver, and it shouldn't overshadow or obscure it. Now, those are six assumptions that I have when we're approaching preaching. But now, let me give you some ideas as you approach the message. Number one, idea number one, as the preacher, we have to be close to God ourselves. we got to be close to him through prayer, through intimacy with the passage that we're going to preach. We've got to have a personal heart devoted to the Father, devoted to Jesus, walking with our indwelling Holy Spirit, keeping in step with that Spirit. We have have to have a relationship with God. We can't give, how many times have we heard this, what we do not have? We can't. And there's no shortcut to our intimacy with God. And I'm not saying this, Pastor, to make you feel guilty. I want to say this to make you feel hopeful. Man, if you If you walk with God throughout the week, if you spend time with the Father throughout the week, if you talk to Jesus and commune with the Spirit throughout the week, God is the source of power in delivering his word and in preaching the word of God. And I know this is this this one's it's not a silver bullet that's easy to do, but it's there's it's the truth. There's no substitute for it. Walking with God, intimacy with God is the foundation for every spirit-filled message we ever share. That's the first thing. How many times have you gotten to a Sunday morning and doubted that you had invested enough of that personal time with God for, and I use this term, I don't like this term, but for God to show up, 
right? We all want God to show up as though he's not already there, right? But we have to invest personally with God throughout the week. That's idea number one. Idea number two, we, we shouldn't be just close to God, but we need to be close to our people. We can't go all week and not see any of our people and think we're going to hop up in front of them on Sunday morning and, and love them and share a message with them that's going to change their life. I mean, our love for them and our knowledge of them will be both our motivation and our direction and our preaching. We're not preaching or teaching a crowd every week, but our friends and the people we love. We're not just standing in front of a crowd. We should be standing in front of people that, for the most part, we know and love. Now, the larger that group is, the more we're going to know them as a general population, and the less we're going to be able to know them personally and individually. But we still have to know them, and we still have to love them. So we're close to God, idea number one. Idea number two, Whatever you need to do, you need to be close to your people. When I prepare my messages, I'm thinking about the lady who just lost her husband, because there she is, she's sitting there. The student struggling with alcohol and parties, because there they are, they're there. The man addicted to pornography, or the men addicted to pornography, because there's probably a lot of them sitting there. The parents whose teenage son is really messing up and They're just so afraid for his future. Our relationship with our people certainly influences our messages. And it should. It should. Idea number three, variety. We can change how we deliver the message. We can stand. We can sit. We can speak. We can point. We can gesture loudly, softly, on stage, off stage. We can use video, a handout object lesson, a story, a list, a challenge, and we can give an action step. We can stand behind a lectern or a table. We can use a whiteboard, pulpit, no pulpit, images, artwork, music. We can do an interview. We can team preach, personal story, etc., etc. We We have to be creative and use variety. And it's good for our people to wonder what in the world's going to happen next? What's going to happen this Sunday? And even as I say that, my friend, I am growing in this area. I really am because I'm the type of a person who when I get a method and a format down, a routine down, I just repeat it and repeat it and repeat it. Now, I change the content, but often the, the form around it is similar, and, and I've got to get better about using variety. So, Be close to God, be close to your people, use variety. Idea number four, hey, let's be ourselves, not someone else. You know, you've likely heard this before. God doesn't want another Billy Graham or another Francis Chan or another Stephen Furtick. He wants you. God created us to speak to our people. God created us to love our people. And pastor, God created you to teach your people. And we can trust God that that he's given us the personal, the, the intellectual, the creative resources we need to get the message across. Let's just be ourselves. Let's not try to be somebody else. I heard somebody once say, when you compare, 
you despair. And it's so true. It's so true. And it's so foolish. I was talking to a guy in the lobby the other day, and he's an introvert. He's an introvert. And he was saying, I I told him, I wish I was more like you because I wouldn't have to talk to everybody. I could I could just be myself. I could just stand there and I wouldn't have this have this need to feel this need to talk to people. Sometimes that's like bondage. I have to talk to everybody. And he said to me, Oh, that's really funny because I I, I would love to be more like you, be able to talk to people and and not just be in my shell, be able to reach out and actually, you know, hey, how you doing? And actually want to talk to people. And we both just looked at each other and we're like, isn't that crazy? The irony. He wants to be like me. I want to be like him. But God says, just be who I made you to be. Pastor, you can do that. So, hey, let's summarize. I had some assumptions that God changes hearts and he can do it through the most boring sermon. But don't use that as an excuse. And the listeners, hey, they've got to be in on it too. It's not wrong to challenge your people on a Sunday morning and say, hey, you're here, but you're not the audience. God is the audience. And we're all, all of us are the worshipers. We're the performers. Will we worship God today? Will you hear from his word? Will you pray with a pure heart? Will you love the people around you? Will you worship God and honor him with your life today? It is your responsibility, and you've got, you've got to have a stake in this. And then the last two assumptions I had was that content should trump presentation style, and presentation style should deliver, should deliver. Not overshadow, not obscure, not steal the show, but deliver that content that if pulled from the word of God, it can be life-changing. And then I had four ideas. Be close to God as the preacher. Be close to your people whom you love. Use variety in your presentations. And then just be yourself. Pastor, I hope this was helpful to you. I hope that it jogs some things in your mind. Hey, we're, we're in this for the long haul. And we're all in this together. And we get to, and I often think this, man, I get up, I get up to speak on a Sunday morning. And before, right before I get up there, we're singing that song before the message. You know, the song before the message. And I'm just standing there thinking, man, God, do you, do you know where I came from? Do you remember what my family was like when I was growing up? Do you know that I, my dad wasn't a pastor? Neither was my grandfather, my great-grandfather, or my great-great-grandfather. Like, God, why? Why me? And then I think to myself, wow, me, I get to do this. I get to speak to these people. And with, I think, and I hope, an appropriate amount of fear and trembling and humility and confidence, I step up to the plate and I take a swing at it. And I think, you know what? You know what I think, Pastor? I think you're just the same is me. You struggle with that imposter syndrome. You're like, I shouldn't be up here. And maybe, maybe you're a narcissist. Maybe you think you should be up there. Maybe you think everybody should be listening to you. But you know what? That's a topic for a totally different episode and not the next one either. Pastor, I hope that you enjoy your next opportunity 
to preach to your people. And I hope that you do it with alacrity and finesse and effectiveness. And I'm going to say goodbye and see you on the next episode of the Coaching for Pastors podcast.